0: Welcome to another edition of Preacher's Corner. My name is Marcelo Duran. I'm glad that you decided to join us today. What is Preacher's Corner? Preacher's Corner is a session of questions and answers with Brother Jeff Hoffer. He conducts them throughout the country with some of our most beloved elders and preachers, pastors, and speakers. We pray that for your own personal ministry through these candid answers to these questions, you will gain some information that will help you better your own personal ministry for you and I as a saint, we hope that you get answers to some of those questions that you and I have been wanting to ask for a long, long time and we just never had the opportunity to ask. We hope that Brother Hoffer asks those questions that have always been in the back of your mind and that you've always wanted to ask some of these speakers. We also want to remind you that if you want to listen to the broadcast again, not to hear my voice, <laughs> but to hear the uh, answers, the responses from our speakers. You are welcome to subscribe to our podcast. You can go to www.holyghostradio.com. You can go to our website. On the upper right-hand corner of our site, you will find a link to our podcast, to our blog. Please subscribe to it, and this episode will come automatically to your podcast subscription, along with some other content. So once again, if you want to hear it again, or you want to let your friend know about it because they missed the uh, broadcast, well, let them know that they can subscribe to our podcast on the upper right hand corner of our website they can find it in our blog www.holyghostradio.com we hope and pray that these sessions of questions and answers are a blessing to you as we continue with our interview with Pastor Larry Booker Brother Hoffer has been interviewing him for uh, some episodes now this is the second episode we will bring you more interviews with other speakers as Brother Hoffer continues to talk to them We have a lot of great surprises coming up for you. And we hope that today's episode is a blessing to you. Let us join Brother Hoffer and Pastor Larry Booker.
1: You're listening to HGR Preacher's Corner. I'm here with Reverend Larry Booker again. And uh, we have another part series here for you. Uh, It's a question and answers. And uh, first question is I'm going to ask... Part one, basically, is the call and the ministry. Uh, Reverend Booker, how how do I make sure my calling is really from the Lord?
2: Well, some of my answers are going to be... uh, They're going to have to be caught, perhaps, rather than be able to be taught. But the number one thing on the work of God is the word peace there's something about the will of God whatever the will of God is for an individual be it ministry or exactly whatever there is a peace that comes with it Um, it doesn't mean that an individual always has confidence that they're gonna be able to pull everything uh, off but there is a certain peace that comes with it that God is going to work with them and He is going to help them pull it off. Um, Whatever we're doing for God and however peaceful we feel internally in the will of God, in the work of God, um, at the same time everybody is going to always be thinking, uh, considering the fact that they know they could be doing more I think that also comes with the turf just in being a human being we always know there's more that we could be doing but Abraham Lincoln made a statement he made many statements that I I just cherish but he made one that I think is so excellent when he said I believe in doing my duty but not being haunted by it. And so, though we may know there's more that we could be doing, don't let that haunt you, and certainly don't let it haunt you to the place that it stops you from doing what you can do. So, as long as there's a certain peace, contentment, satisfaction, feelings of fulfillment that come to us, um... I think that is important. also the fact that you can't imagine you do you, you, you cannot imagine yourself doing anything other, basically than what you're doing and what your calling in life is.
1: And question um, how do I know if I'm living out my calling the way the Lord intended? Well,
2: I would have to say again, There will always be a certain sense that I know I could be doing more. But God has his own ways of making things very plain. And this analogy I'm going to give, it sounds almost stupid, but a person knows when they're wearing uncomfortable shoes. They may have to wear them for a day or two or whatever, but they know that those shoes are not comfortable. In the process of living for God and doing the work of God, there always are things that we're more comfortable with than others. I have suit jackets that they may look very nice, but I don't wear them very often because they're just simply not comfortable. And so it is. Um, Let's just say someone's calling in their life, their burden is to teach home Bible studies. Maybe it's not a pulpit ministry. They may wonder if it's supposed to be, but they know this, teaching home Bible studies is a supreme joy in their life. It is so spiritually gratifying. And I have seen individuals that felt that way about that venue being worked through, in and through their life, that thought that meant for them to have a pulpit ministry. And one man who comes to my mind, he 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 was an excellent soul winner, and he wanted to start his own church, and the pastor, against he didn't feel good about it, but he allowed him to do so. And the man was still a great soul winner, but he couldn't feed the people. He didn't have the calling. Of being a pastor so he would win family after family after family but he could not keep them at all for over six months because he didn't have the certain anointing for pastoring and and he frustrated himself he frustrated the dear people that he wanted to God he frustrated his wife he frustrated his children and um, uh, eventually it ended up in a very very sad state of affairs whereas if he'd have wore the shoes that felt the best he was the most comfortable in um i think he would have been much much happier so that's about the best i think i can answer that question
0: Remember that you can go to our website to www.holyghostradio.com at the upper right-hand corner of our site. You will be able to find a link where you can subscribe to our podcast. You will also be able to find a link to our blog. You're going to find this broadcast under the blog, under the podcast. You can subscribe to them, and this podcast will come automatically to your subscription. If you want to let a friend know about it, send them over to our website, holyghostradio.com so that they can subscribe to the podcast and catch the episode in case they miss it. www.holyghostradio.com at the upper right-hand corner of our website to sign up for our podcast.
1: Now, can God really use someone in ministry who can preach but is not very good with administrative details or necessarily an effective witness?
2: Oh, uh, I believe that is very true. In fact, obviously so. And they are also, vice versa, there can be people who are extremely good with witnessing and administrative details or whatever realm that don't necessarily have a real strong preaching uh, ministry. Um, You know, I think if you were to place the ministry of Elijah next to the ministry of Isaiah, you would see that these two men had very, very, very different ministries. Another classic example would be the ministry of John the Baptist. Trying to compare that to the ministry of the Apostle Paul, it's it, they're very, very different. Um, so, um, administrative. Um, details things of that nature those are not exactly my strong fortes they really are not but I know that I recognize that and therefore I purposely surround myself with people that are very 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 good at those things and I think a very fortunate young man is, is my son Joel who uh, is, is uh, actually I'm the senior pastor of the church. He's the pastor of the church who is very good pulpit ministry but he is also extremely good at administrative details. So he's he's got the best of both worlds. But I don't have that but I sure lean on
1: him as well as others. How do you decide whether to be a reference for someone? Well um,
2: that's a very good question. Fortunately um, I've 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 been fortunate in that I've not I can't remember being asked to be a reference for somebody that I wanted to say watch out for these people they're gonna they're gonna rob you blind or they'll wreck your truck or whatever I've never had that situation so I'm I'm very fortunate on that um, and then when you think about the uh, the workforce that is available out in the world today everybody knows that good help is very hard to find to run a business it's one of the chief complaints is is getting trustworthy faithful people well by and large you have someone that's raised in church or been in church for a while they've been taught they've received the holy ghost obviously Um, they got a leg up on almost well on a lot of people and so a lot of a lot of uh, employers and I tell our young people this you be faithful to church you be faithful in finance think about this you live for God the workforce is wide open to you they find out they're going to be here Monday because they're not struggling with a the hangover. They're going to be here Friday because they're not running off to party early. Um, I don't have to worry about them going to jail because of this and that and the other. I mean, it's like the world is an oyster and you're the pearl. And uh, they're they're going to so so our 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 young people and our people have a, a leg up. I've been fortunate. I've never been. Um, Asked to give reference for what I would have to call as a sorry situation, so um, I guess if I was put on a spot and it was a very it was a touchy reference, I would say okay, I'll fill it out, but I'm going to send it in directly, and I would find out if they keep it private. Yeah, Yeah. because my job is not is to get them to heaven, not for them to get a job. Yeah, I want to get them to heaven. I don't want to lie to a possible employer. So, um, you know, I would I would think of every good thing I could possibly think of. And I might refer to perhaps some weak areas that they might want to check out, etc. But I've never actually had to do that. So I'm a I'm a fortunate man, is all I can tell you. you yeah, mean,
1: that's right. Well, let's discuss something here as far as a pastor's view of relationships. Uh, as, let's start out with family.
2: Pastor and his family, I'm going to say this um, and again by the mercies of God we've been very very fortunate. we've all had our heartaches and disappointments that just comes in life um, but I've been fortunate very fortunate uh, when you when you think about ministers and their families, here is something that Is really a pretty jarring thought let's go through the scriptures and find a perfect family now this is good to use perhaps sometimes if there's a if there's a uh, somebody in the church that's in the business of finding fault with ministers families okay and I did have to do this one time with an individual. Not that they were finding fault with my family. They really were not. But they were pretty critical about um, a situation. And I said, let me ask you something. I said, was Abraham a man of God? Yes. What do you think about his family life? I mean, let's let's talk about how how well... Um, did um, Sarah how well did Isaac and Ishmael how well did Hagar how how well did that family get along Okay. how much love was there between Keturah and her sons and Isaac etc let's talk about Jacob and his brother Esau this family let's talk about Jacob's boys And as you really go through the entire Old Testament, I I know there was ideal families there, but find one of them to say this is the family we want to be like. Furthermore, in the New Testament, we have ideals given us about bringing up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh... We know in Proverbs, train up a child in the way which he shall go. He's he is old, he shall not depart. And, and there's many things given about husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit yourselves to them. Yea, be all your subject one to another, etc. Uh, but while we don't see families with the traumatic... Or traumas that we find in the families of the Old Testament among the patriarchs. I mean, talk about David's family. Um, we don't really have a perfectly ideal family to point to in the New Testament. Maybe uh, Elizabeth and Zacharias. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, so, the point being, to find the perfect family is something. Okay, for a minister to feel under the that doesn't none of that gives a minister a license to not raise his children right, not to to do the best they can, etc., etc. Um, but there is no perfect situation. The bottom line is. A man that is a pastor, he's in the ministry, maybe he's working in a local church under a pastor or he's an evangelist or whatever, he has obligations to his family and obligations to God. And God always has to be first, but that family has to know that he loves them and he cares about them. He may weep. He may cry, but he loves them. A a pastor has to be, I've mentioned it in earlier um, discussions that we've had, that a pastor needs to be the shock absorber of the car. He may have to be the engine and the gasoline, but he's got to be the shock absorber that catches the blows and he does not pass on all of his personal blows to his family because he doesn't want his family to not like saints He doesn't want his family to feel bad about those good people in the church. In fact, many a time when my children were raising up, in fact, to this day, all I have to do is stop and say, boys, we're sitting around a Thanksgiving table or whatever. Do you know why we're able to do this today? Instantly, they know. They say yes. Because faithful people that love God pay their tithes in order that you as a pastor can be supported. I said, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And um, so, you know, um, you just have to be the shock absorber. You have to protect your family. You have to love your family. And I've also been very, very fortunate. I, I don't have the horror stories that some places have had, and and I've always been very mercifully blessed by the goodness and mercies of God. That I've pastored three churches. This is my third church, and and my last. But um, I've always had pastored churches that loved my kids, and I'm fortunate. I am so fortunate. It doesn't mean everybody was perfect, but overall, the general feeling and tenor I never had people attacking my kids so every now and then something's less than perfect but my kids were less than perfect so what do you do so i've just been fortunate along that lines when it comes to family i think i think it's important for churches to understand it's not easy being a pastor's kid right it's really not easy living in a fishbowl where everybody's inspecting you all the time and you you can't you can't uh this is on Holy Ghost Radio, and forgive me, but everybody on the front row can pick their nose, but not the pastor's kid. I mean, it's just, a, it's just it's, that's overstatement, and forgive me. Right. My wife hears this, she's going to kill me. But be that as it may, it's not easy to be a pastor's kid. There's just, there's stuff that comes with it. So be patient, be loving, be kind. It makes a difference. It
1: Amen. makes a difference. Let's go to the next subject as far as marriage, then, in that as a pastor? Well, I will say
2: this too, that um, statistically, and I heard this years ago, and when I first heard it, it was actually Paul Harvey. (laughs) When he was alive, that tells you anything. He stated, and then later I checked it out and found out it was true, is that when it comes to Be it physical slash emotional, breaking downs, problems, traumas. The hardest workplace in the world, or in America rather, in America, is that of pastor's wife. Now I know that's across the board, uh, denominationally, etc. But that screams something. That screams something. As far as America is concerned, it's the most difficult workplace. So many expectations. Again, so many people eyeing, viewing, watching, speaking, talking, whatever. Uh, I go back. I don't know what to say. Uh, I've been, I've had a charmed life, and uh, people have been good to my wife, but she's been good to them. And um, we have never been at cross-purposes about loving truth, loving this gospel, loving what's right. Um, I've never struggled with her not believing, teaching, living by anything that I ever taught. I mean, that's a charmed existence. Yeah. And um, um, I guess I'm, I'm sitting here and I just feel so thankful I could actually cry because God's... God's just he's just been good I, I, I don't know what to say but but don't be too hard on a minister whose wife is struggling and 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 the, and and ministers are struggling. there's so many pressures that that are alive and well you know there's pressures to succeed there's pressures to do good there's pressures to grow I know what it is to pastor and want to grow so bad, I know what it is to pastor thirty people and work and pray and fast and teach and and see it get built up, you know, to almost ninety, and you're as, you're as excited as a school kid, and watch it in two weeks time go down to sixteen. Yeah, from people moving, backsliding, walking away. It's just I've watched it. And I've seen a Good work. Pray fast. Go back up. To this and and go back down into the teens. I've seen it. Yeah. I know. I know the uh, the pain of that. I know the disappointment of that. And so I'm just here to tell you that that uh, pastoring there's 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 just a lot of chug holes and bumps in the road and. And, and yes, it can be the most wonderful job in the world. Uh, but it is one of the most challenging jobs in the world. So, so be prayerful and be patient when it comes to yourself and, and, and when it comes to a minister's family, a minister's wife, and a minister's children, Yeah, those things.
1: And on a side note, I mean, just being a saint, Seeing a pastor, what he goes through, I think it's the hardest job in in the world. I really do. I really do.
2: Well, it's certainly different. Okay, let's say a man is a full-time minister. It's not like he's out there hauling hay for 12, 14 hours a day. It's not like he's out there working in a coal mine. Right. and, and, and you know, we all know that there's men that work so hard and they come home and they're so physically exhausted and um, and all of that. Yeah. Okay, so generally speaking, if a minister is a full-time minister, he doesn't do that. But there's many a minister that's leaving the ministry to take jobs like that. Yeah. And... um and it's the 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 mental, emotional strains truly can be so great and and so deep. Um, and I'm not here singing the blues. Again, I, I look at it. And I don't know. I just feel like in so many ways I've had a charmed life. I've had situations arise that could have developed into. We know that, but but I I know of good men, better men than me that have that have just suffered uh, so very much. They're going to have very very special special places in heaven, and and who knows? I remember Merle Ewing one time. We we looked at a pastor. This pastor was way up in years now. He was in a wheelchair. He had pastored the church in a large city for probably 35 years and he probably had this biggest maybe had 50 or 60 people now it was down to the teens and Brother Ewing said you know of course he called the whole world Bubba <laughs> but he said you know Bubba he said when God starts passing out the crowns I got a feeling we're all going to be really surprised who's going to get some of the biggest and the most glittering, beautiful crowds. And he said, who knows the reward that man right there is going to get. And, and I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. And um, so, but I know that it's, um, it's a great calling. It's a great life. And um, God bless all of the wonderful, beautiful men that have given themselves to this work. It's the greatest thing going in the world, by far. And I thank God for it. I thank God for you. I thank God for Holy Ghost Radio. I mean, you all
1: are doing a great job. God bless you. It's important. Last question here about uh, relationships with children as a pastor. Well...
2: Somewhat covered it But I will go further to say this Again They're growing up in a fishbowl And they're just kids You know kids Are kids are kids And uh, Just Because they are Supposed To be Exemplary Um they're still kids. They're, they're working with the same life, the same plumbing, the same hopes, fears, tears as everybody else. Okay? Granted, oftentimes, there are real pluses to be in the ministry, ministerial children. We know there's some real pluses. But also, there can be some real negatives and they have to deal with all of it they've got to handle the pluses correctly and they got to handle the negatives correctly and um, so be patient I, be patient with them I, for a pastor to keep his balance and all of that I, have a, I know a man and he's, he's a good man his father was considered an icon in Pentecost I love his father I knew him very well great man and his, he'd passed away. He was gone. And his son and I were talking one time. And we got into the subject. Well, he had, he had several other family members that were raised up that were not living for God. He was. He was, and was in the ministry. And we got to talking, and he offered this up. I, I wasn't digging around for it. But he said, part of what my father's problem was with his kids was it did not matter what anybody said or anybody told you. It. it could be a kid, it could be the oldest person in the church, it could be the meanest person in the church, it could be a good person a bad person. It didn't matter. If anybody ever complained about their children, that they had done something, they were tried and convicted based on one testimony. And He said, I got many a whipping and my brothers and sisters did based on the word of one person that had it out for us and said, in that one area, my great father, who was a great man, he he so wanted not to be known as a pastor that let his kids get away with murder. His pendulum swung all the way the other way to where his kids could do nothing right and all people had to do was point a finger and you were toast he said so obviously they grew up with a lot of resentment and the resentment fed resentment so it didn't get better it got worse and he said so for several of them he said it's not right he said I made it I'm living for God they all could have lived for God but they just wrote off church completely now that's a heartbreaking story to me we're dealing with a truly great man yeah. and and of course I would never call his name but if I did big swath of Holy Ghost radio audience would know him yeah and he was a precious man but that was just a, you know David had his blind spots well this guy had a blind spot in that area so the whole point is a call of God can be on a, on a man it doesn't mean it's on his kids and um, you know it, it 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 means something to be patient. I would want to be remembered by a pastor's child. If I was a saint of God, it seems to me, let's say I was living for God, I was in my 20s, 30s, and 40s, or however, when a pastor's child was growing up. Now, let's say I'm in my 60s or 70s. This man is either in church or not in church. She is either in church or not in church. What would it mean to me as a saint of God to see that pastor's daughter, the pastor's son, either they're living for God or they're not living for God, to come up to me, shake my hand or hug my neck and say, I want to tell you something. One of the reasons I'm living for God is you were always so kind to me. Or, I'm sorry I'm not living for God. I know I should be. But I want you to know, I appreciate you You were always so kind to me. That's huge. I would would much rather be somebody that was good as they could be to the pastor's kids than to be somebody that tried to make their life hard and harsh. That's just my thoughts about the children of pastors.
1: So this leads me to probably a last question. How do you want to be Reverend Larry Booker remembered in a, in the Pentecostal circle?
2: I want to be remembered as somebody I'm sorry, that really did love God and loved His Word. Loved his word. Loved his people. I want to be remembered. I did try to do it.
1: That's what I want to be remembered. Well, this concludes uh, this HGR Preacher's Corner. I thank Reverend Larry Bilker for taking the time. And uh, again, we thank you very much. This has been an awesome time. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Thanks. You.
0: We're going to come to the conclusion of this episode. We want to remind you that you can subscribe to our podcast by going to www.holyghostradio.com. www.holyghostradio.com. At the upper right-hand corner, you will find a link that says "Podcast." Please subscribe to it, and you will be able to obtain this broadcast. In a download as a podcast for you. Also, you can follow Brother Jeff Hoffer on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, you can follow him at JHHG Radio. JHHG Radio. So, Jeff Hoffer, Holy Ghost Radio. So, it's JHHG Radio. You will be able to follow Brother Hoffer on his Instagram and you will be up to date as far as interviews and different conferences that we have going on another feature on our website that you want to take advantage of is the schedule the schedule part of our website you can go on the schedule link and find out when the next broadcast when the next live event takes place follow us on our calendar as we bring you more exciting events at holy ghost radio thank you for joining us today on this second edition of preacher's corner we hope that you join us next time for another edition as jeff continues to interview Pastor Larry Booker and we hope you have a blessed day and God
1: bless
0: my My Christian